0: You're listening to Average Joe's Sports Talk Podcast with your boy, E-Man. Yo, what up, everybody? Your boy, E-Man, coming at you. Episode 20. Busy week. Busy week. Not just NFL, but we got MLB playoffs. Of course, the most famous rivalry in MLB playoff, Yankees in Boston. We also got the Khabib and Conor McGregor fight that happened last night. All hell broke loose after that fight. We're going to hit that over. I mean, we got a lot of things going on. I want to change the format this week a little bit. Um, I want to do my recap. I'm going to do I'm a different episodes. I'm going to do episode 20 today, and I'm going to mainly do MLB baseball, uh, Yankees in Boston. I'm going to uh, definitely hit the Khabib and McGregor fight and also uh, touch on Thursday Night Football, you know, the Indianapolis Colts against New England Patriots because there's a lot to cover from that particular game. A lot of things that were, were shown from New England that actually uh, are putting the NFL on notice. And then I'm thinking... Uh, Tuesday, most likely Tuesday, I should have the new show, the next episode, which is going to be just NFL, NFL recap on Um, kind of like switch it up a little bit. I want to get I want to have as much content and as much detail and as much uh, content in my episodes. And I don't want to rush things. So here we go, man. We got to get this popping and starting with Boston Red Sox against my New York Yankees. And of course, so far, the series is one up. What do you expect? We went to Boston. First game was ridiculous. Second game was ridiculous, too. And this is the biggest rivalry in baseball. I mean, it's actually, to me, the biggest rivalry in sports. Boston, I mean, Celtics and uh, Lakers, that's famous. You got Giants and Cowboys, that's famous. I mean, there's a whole bunch of mother out there. But I'm going to tell you something right now. There's no more magic when these two teams face each other in October. So moving on to the ALDS game one. Let me tell you something. It was 5-4. Boston got this one. Strong starting pitching from Boston in that game. Chris Sales was unhittable he pitched five innings we got two runs out of him he struck out eight you know eight Yankees you know Jay Happ has been solid since the trade stunk it up man I mean two innings we got out of him five in runs I mean it was just not good I don't know what happened I don't know if it was a jitters or anything like that but in the big story of this game is I mean Mookie Betts was you know got didn't do nothing great struck out twice but the story was JD Drew for Boston who had three RBIs first inning he went yard with a two-run shot I mean, this is pretty much what was it was in. But the story here was that the Yankees left a lot of men in scoring position. Ten men on base, man. They left ten players on base. Final score was 5-4. The Yankees made a comeback. I mean, if you look at it, after the sales was out and the bullpen for Boston came in, which that's where I think the Yankees are going to feast because, yes, Boston has superior starting pitching. Yankees put the heat on them. Put that scare in the ninth inning when we scored that one run, and we had the opportunity to go ahead and shut it down. Yankees have more hits than Boston. But you know what? It was a starting pitching. I mean, Zales shut it down, and then, you know, we took advantage of Although, the bullpen was a little too late. And that's going to be the story of this of this preseason. And let me tell you something. Yankee hitters are healthy. Judge had three hits. Pretty solid. Had a home run. I mean, so far, Judge has had two home runs in two games in this preseason. Wild card game against the A's, and now one with Boston. McCutcheon got on base. I like this. Look, Voigt, the Voigt man, two hits, two RBIs. Sanchez, he heated up in the second game, of course. But I like the Yankees hitting. I mean, we're getting healthy at the right time. I like this. And, you know, 5-4, Boston got scared. Boston got scared. This would have definitely been to a 2 0 series if we would have uh, closed out that ninth inning. If we would have scored, if we would have definitely done what we needed to do when we had the bases loaded in that ninth, I think we would have, uh, it would have been a 2 0 series, Yankees going back to the Bronx. Game two, hey, different story. I mean, Price, David Price, has, I don't know what he's been all at this year, but we took him to town. The only pitch, one in the third, three hits, three on runs. Took him out to the pasture, my friend. We took that dude out. We took that dude out. And then, you know, the hits kept kept, kept them coming against uh, the bullpen. So, I mean, this is just a decisive win by the Yankees. McCutcheon, again, man, he's getting on base. Judge, another two hits. All right, another home run. Sanchez had two bombs. Finally, Sanchez has arrived. After all the injuries, after batting 186 for the year, he had two bombs, especially that bomb that was 479, you know, foot shot. One of the longest ever in Boston. It was a no, no doubter. But coming back to the Bronx, one up, it's actually ideal. It's what you want when you uh, don't start the series at home. But the hitting, ridiculous, man. The hitting has gone ridiculous. Again, we hit Boston with eight hits, two home runs, two by three home runs, two by Sanchez, one by Judge. Judge is on fire, man. Judge is Jesus, my boy, man, the best Yankee of all time. But Judge is gonna, it's taking that spot, man. Judge is taking that spot. Again, Tanaka starting solid. Five innings, three uh, three hits, one earned run, four case, solid bullpen shut it down. I mean, this Britton and Chapman connection set up to the closer is becoming very very difficult to crack. And again, we smacked David Price, we smacked their bullpen, which I am very very happy about. And this is, I think, where the Yankees are have the advantage is during the bullpen. If we could get a couple of, if we get five innings out of our starters. And we're within striking distance. Either we're up or we're not. I think we could take the next couple of games at home. Right now on the CC Sabathia is going for the Yankees, actually. And I think I think it's a smart move. I think it's definitely a smart move for the Yankees to put the veteran in there. I think CC can get us four or five innings at home. Let's do our thing again. Judge, and I hope Sanchez keeps hitting us. As he's hitting it. And this is gonna be a wrap. This is gonna be a this is gonna be two one as of Monday. I'm telling you, I, my prediction for the series, I got the Yankees in seven. That's right. Yankees in seven. I said it first here. And I don't know if anybody, uh, probably a lot of people have said that also, but Yankees in seven. And uh, also touching this as we're talking baseball, man, you know, I never got to react on the on the Yankees uh, victory over the A's in the wild card game, but I don't care, man. The A's are stupid starting up, you know, going with their money ball status number crap of starting a, I don't know what numbers are they looking at. How are you going to start in the biggest game of the year, a freaking... uh A relief pitcher, pitcher, you know what I'm saying. So I don't care. I was stupid. Billy Bean, go go go, count Bean somewhere else. All right. And as for that, you know, viral video of the uh, New York Yankee fans throwing that uh, beer on that Ace fan, the dude with the blue hair. What a goofy looking dude. Anyway, I would throw my beer at him too. He's stupid. Nah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, It's just a Yankee Stadium. And it's funny because after that, this kid became a viral superstar. I mean, this became so famous, the video went all over the place. Uh, you know, the A's reached out to the kid. Uh, he's, you know, he's living in New York, but he's an Oakland native. And they got to give him a, a game. They got to, you know, take him to a game next time they're in town and you know, all that good stuff. But what's funny is that these two cats, you know, the guy that threw the beer at him, the dude from Brooklyn, this Dominican kid, actually posted videos and pictures of both of them hanging out at a club or a lounge or something in New York, you know, spread love is a Brooklyn way. And I agree with that. So it was pretty fun. Now they got all the videos of uh, the dude spilling beer on them. It's so back and forth. I don't know, man. It's just, it's become a, a, a very humorous and uh, kind of like a feel good, you know, taking something that looked really, really ugly and turn it into something positive, which I think it's cool. I think this is kind of like what baseball is all about. You know, throwing beer at somebody, especially a $14 beer, it's uncalled for. I think this was, you know, they they took this, they sold the negativity on it, and they turned it around, which is a good thing for baseball. is a good thing for sports, period. Yankees in seven, for reals. So Yankees are going to take this, and then we're going to meet the Astros. And moving on to the Conor McGregor and Khabib fight. I can't even pronounce this guy's last name. Norman Gandalf. Khabib, I was a decisive win, beats uh, McGregor, chokes him out in the fourth round. I mean, according to the... Um, the, the judges supposedly had McGregor winning round three. I saw this fight. I didn't see a lot of McGregor action. McGregor hit him with a couple of shots, but Khabib was tagging him all night. Khabib looked bigger. Khabib looked stronger. McGregor looked winded, out of shape. Punches were not really making any effects on Khabib. But what Khabib was hitting him when he caught him with that shot and then brought him down and had him in the second round there on the floor. I thought that was going to be the end of the fight in the second round when he had him, we were stomping him down and we had him on his back. Uh, McGregor came back in the third round, hit him with some shots. Did not see a lot of power from McGregor. I definitely k Russ for sure. I mean, this guy last fight was two years ago against Nate Diaz. He actually looked worse than he lost to Nate Diaz the first time when he underestimated Nate Diaz. That was it. You know, McGregor lost. No doubt about it. Looked bad. Khabib looked tough. I could see this kid, you know, the reason why they had this kid wrestling bears, you know, when he was a, when he was like 10, 11 years old. I mean, that's insane. That should have been the first clue that... Uh, this guy was gonna win when he was wrestling bears as a kid, you know. His father was no joke. But after the fight, it's all hell broke loose. So, Conor gets gets choked out, and Khabib is there talking smack. Then, all of a sudden, I think somebody somebody from Conor's Conor McGregor's corner, was talking smack, and that and it really pissed off Khabib. And Khabib just, I mean, you were, you know, WWE style, just dude jumped over that fence, man, right over the octagon to go after the, that cat on, on McGregor's camp. And this guy, I think his name is Dylan Dennis, and uh, supposedly scaled the octagon cage and just jumped over it. And it will hell broke loose out there. And then somebody from Capiz um, Camp jumps into the octagon and then uh, sucker punches McGregor. Just sucker punches McGregor, man. I mean, and there was like, dude, there was at least like three people injured and there was a fight. And all of a sudden it was, it was breaking out there. And, it, I mean, you can't buy this. You cannot make this up, man. This is like WWE status, man. And this is what the UFC needs. Everybody out there is saying this isn't called for. You know, Dana White is saying, well, this is not the, the product you want to put out there. You know, this is kind of like, a, you know, this is kind of hood style. I don't care. Give me some of that. This sport right here, there's a reason why people watch this sport and it's to be different than boxing and, you know, have the same highlights of wrestling and the same promos and the same, you know, kind of like drama and soap opera for men like, but with real shots and real fighting. Hey, this doesn't happen often, but guess what, man? Give me some of that. Dana White. Had to do his, you know, PR thing. Hey, you know, this is not the way we portray ourselves. It's not the way that we want to do things. But you, you know he woke up this morning with a grin. The biggest smile ear to ear because the rematch is going to be so watch. It's going to break all the pay-per-view freaking UFC records has ever set. And it's going to make so much money. This is publicity you don't pay for. Khabib definitely the better fighter. Choke McGregor out, show his superior wrestling skills, show the better shape he was in, show he was stronger. McGregor looked washed up. That's right. He looked washed up. I don't know if I didn't take this cat serious. He got his clock key, clean. Pretty bad. Before he got choked out, he got his clock. He was getting his clock very clean. He was getting hit with some hard punches. All right. Even a hard knee. There was nothing here. They gave him the third round. I don't, I don't, I don't care about that. But the dude showed that he's stronger than McGregor. And I think the the, the wrestling, it's it's, it's, it's going to give McGregor problems. McGregor needs to come in if uh, McGregor wants to come and do the second fight, which he already tweeted at 2 a.m. in the morning saying, good knock, can't wait for the rematch. I am going to suggest that McGregor train super, super hard and get that stamina up. Nobody got ar- I mean, they got arrested. There's like three of the uh, cats from um, Khabib's camp that got arrested. But McGregor, class act, not pressed any charges, you know, hey. Like, you know, I, I went after your bus and I injured one guy and therefore, um you know, I did my time, but I'm not going to press charges because, you know, snitches get stitches. I'm not a snitch. That's what McGregor was kind of thinking and saying, I'm going to do that because I want the rematch. I'll give McGregor like the, the, some props right there. I mean, not pressing charges. You know what I'm saying? Uh, then, but of course, it, the rematch is going to happen. Um, I, forget about tune up fights and whatever. Get this rematch going. This is going to be the biggest UFC draw in the world. It's going to break all sorts of pay-per-view records. Dana White's making money. UFC's making money. Give me more of this stuff, man. Give me more of this stuff. And, you know, Tyson is even out there saying that, oh, my gosh, you know, this is insane. This is a little Chris This is a little Chris Get the hell out of here, Tyson. All right, man, you, you bit somebody's ear off, man. You fought so many people outside of the ring. It's not even funny. But my boy Tyson, because he's from Brooklyn. That's my dog. But, yeah, man, you know, McGregor wants to do the fight. Khabib apologized in the press conference saying that's not that's not what his daddy Taught him how to be. That's not how he was raised. And when he gets home, in, my daddy's going to mush me. He's going to smash me. That's what Khabib said. My daddy's going to smash me. Whatever Uzbekistan or Russian, former Soviet Union parties from voice. So, hey, I like that. And and, and um honorable mention, man, another great fight and even better post-interview, because I think this is a large night. Derek Lewis defeats um, Alexander, uh, this Russian guy, Alexander Volkov. Is he related to, you know, the Russian... Uh, wrestler back in the day you know Volk. I think his last name was Volkov too but anyway uh Derek Lewis knocks him out comes from behind knocked his dude out and give him props this guy's actually becoming the sweetheart of uh the UFC but his post interview was hilarious all right you, you gotta listen to this let me go ahead and play you the clip and this is after the fight this is what he said after the fight and, and you know it was insane it was a it was a classic interview I'm here with the winner Derek Lewis Derek why'd you take your pants off my balls was hot I understand no one will question your heart sir after this this is a come from behind knockout the likes that we haven't seen in a long time and you were looking for that big haymaker all night you found it in the last minute of the fight i forgot a few hours before the fight donald trump called me and told me i gotta knock this Russian out because they're making him look bad on the news you know him and Putin. they talking about usa in this whole. Classic. The dude's balls were hot, so he took off his pants. And then he said Donald Trump called him before the fight to knock this Russian mother effer out because it'd make him look bad on on TV. Cleo can't get wrong, man. Heck of a knockout, comeback fight, and then a classic post-interview. You gotta give me more of this UFC. This is the kind of stuff you need, man. Better promos. You got the combination of WWE and UFC. Promos from WWE and the action pack fights from UFC is a ridiculously golden, golden pawn here of money and ratings, people. Man, what an entertaining Saturday night at the UFC last night. Insane. Now, jumping on to the Colts and Patriots game on Thursday night. I, I knew the Colts did not have a chance in hell to uh, pull this game off. I mean, their best receiver and T.Y. Hilton goes down. They have nobody else. Their best receiver right now is Eric Ebron. Their tight end, talent tight end, but put as a complete washup when he was with Detroit. And, you know, I, there was no no chance whatsoever. And this game was over pretty much. 14 points the fourth quarter, I mean, the, in the second half. Uh, the first half, it was like, you know, it was 24 to 3. It was done. I didn't think there was no, no comeback and hope for the Colts. But there was some positive takeaways from both teams. I'm going to start with the uh, New England Patriots. Folks, they're not pretenders. They will be contenders. This is the... A quarter into the season, and this is where we separate the men from the boys. Edelman came back, had a modest seven receptions, fifty-seven yards. Guy hasn't played for four games. You know, he needs to get back into playing shape. Um, James White led the team in receptions again, had another touchdown, come Brady's security blanket, which he has been the last three years. Gronk's still been playing banged up, not doing anything crazy. That's a crazy Edelman being back is gonna help Gronk get open, get ready. Touchdowns are gonna start pouring in. It's going to benefit guys like Philip Dorsett, who are deep threats. Josh Gordon, another, only had two receptions, four targets, 50 yards again. He's become their deep threat. Scored a touchdown, a bomb, a bomb for his first touchdown as a New England Patriot. Again, remember what I kept saying the last couple weeks. Dude, when Josh is going to become their their deep threat, he's not going to put Randy Moss numbers, but he's a threat because he could get deep and he has the size. Dude. It's going to get ugly. Edelman's going to open up the passing game. So is Josh. Gronkowski's going to get his. James White's going to be doing what James White's been doing all year long. Now, the Sonny Michelle has arrived back to back, over five yards of carry, one of them for 34 yards and another touchdown. This becomes a very dangerous offense. Defense still has some holes, but the offense, it's typical. Traditional New England offense, running back that's gonna get his on the ground, open up the passing games. James White, their, you know, their uh, passing uh, catching back. Man, Gronkowski's got to get his. Edelman is back doing the slot, and they got a deep threat in Josh Gordon. I am kind of afraid. I hate New England. I am tired of Brady playing and Belichick being the best coach of all time. And Brady, you know, he even Brady just becomes third freaking uh, quarterback to throw for 500 touchdowns i mean this guy just keeps getting better and better with age i mean he he threw for 341 yards all right three touchdowns come on man this guy's like 40 years old 41 years old whatever folks you got to worry about new england you got to worry about new england they don't play good in september now they start playing good i see new england going on a five or six game winning streak and probably topping the power rankings as for you know indianapolis colts Hey, man, Andrew Luck, 38 for 59. He has no other choice but to sling it 59 freaking times. He's 62 the previous game. Three touchdowns, two interceptions. He really has nobody. I mean, Niham Haim was your running back and also caught a touchdown. Eric Ebron had a monster game. I, I should have picked him up this week. He had two touchdowns, 105 yards. But T.Y. Hilton is best receiver. The elite receiver is gone. Chester Rogers is going to have to pick up the slats. So is Ryan Grant. Team is ugly. Defensively, they They're horrible. And there's just not enough tools for Frank Wright to, to do his thing. Just That's just plain and simple. But Andrew Luck, he's trending the right way. I am happy for Andrew. For a lot of yards, 6.2, that's that's more or less, you know, 84% you know, rating as opposed to 102 for Brady. But hey, what are you going to do, man? I mean, he, he doesn't have a team. He's going to have to throw it, you know, 40 and 50 times a day, a night, you know, a game in order to get some type of love. But, you know, mainly takeaways, you know, Andrew Luck lo- keeps looking really, really good. And I'm happy for the guy because he's an elite quarterback and one of the better guys in the league and a complete class act. Uh, Tom Brady, I hate your life because you got a beautiful model wife and at the end of the day, you're so successful and great. I mean, I respect the man as a football player. As also, also as a man, I'm just BSing. I'm a hater of Tom, you know, it's because I'm a Yankees fan. You know, that's, that's the only reason why I don't like New England. Uh, and of course, the Giants fan, which were 2-0 against Brady. That's the only thing I could say positive about Eli this week. Uh, so, Yeah. New England looks really, really scary. They're just—they just put the league in notice, on notice. They just put them on notice. We are back, and we got the players are gonna help out this insane combination and system of Brady and Belichick's brain. New England is back, folks. So huh, Dolphin Jets—that division is theirs again. So I'm gonna wrap up episode twenty. I said I'm going to do a different format this week. I'm actually going to do a bonus episode, I'll probably publish it on Tuesday right after the Monday night game or maybe Monday night. Depends on how good the Monday night game is, but it's going to be a bonus episode of nothing but NFL recap and takeaways. I started the Thursday night game in this episode, but there was so much to talk about this week in regards to... Um, To uh, sports, man, between the Yankees and Boston, which is a, it's becoming a ridiculously insane, great series, just like it's always been when those two guys face each other in the playoffs. And, you know, we have some stuff from you, good content from UFC. So I want to make sure that I give you episodes with good content. I'm all about quality, not quantity. So therefore... Hey man, by Tuesday, I should have the NFL week five recap and reactions because there was a lot of things going on this Sunday. Bash my Giants. I am definitely going on a rant against my Giants, okay, because it is over, folks. Hey, guys, keep listening. Keep downloading. I'm going to keep putting content out there. Links below for the uh, podcast channels, iTunes. Here, I'm in Google Play. I'm in a bunch of different platforms like Spotify, Spotify. Um, Google Play, like I mentioned, hey, go ahead and check out my YouTube channel. I got, I just uh, released a new video last week. Uh, some NBA, the top greatest five, po- the top five greatest point guards of all time. You keep listening, you keep downloading, subscribe. Thank you very much for you know tuning in week week. And uh, let's get this popping, baby. Thank you, your boy E Man signing out. Oh,